Tonight on Whiskey Waffle, Ted starts a car. <laughs> Nick gets overly excited. The whiskey, the whiskey, the whiskey, the... And Ted forgets what he was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say now. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. It's whiskey time. Do we say? Do we say that? Is that a thing? I don't know that we do say that. Actually, <laughs> we definitely don't say that. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Instead, I'm gonna say hello and welcome to the Whiskey Waffle Podcast. I'm joined by my my good friend Ted, and also joining him, that is me, is my good friend Nick. Hey, that's it. There's the two of us on this podcast, and we will be drinking some whiskey. And waffling about said whiskey, because we are the Whiskey Wafflers, and waffle is what we do. Indeed we do. How are you doing over there, Ted? I am excellent, Nick. But, but your glass is looking empty. My glass is empty. I was just about to say that to oh. you. I need some whiskey. We're going to have to fix this. All right, then. Um, we're going to pour ourselves a dram, and we're going to have a bit of a chat about a different topic when we start our section, which is, well, the first section, which is called... The Waffle. We're going to move on to the waffle, and today we are talking about a controversial topic. Well, not not necessarily that controversial. It's almost sort of the standard, really. Because well, yeah. We've talked about single malts. Time to do the opposite. What are we talking about, Ted? We're talking about blends. And our aim tonight is to say that blend is not a dirty word. Blend is not a dirty word indeed. Blend can actually be quite a good word. The only thing is, most of the time, it's not. So let's talk about what what is the definition of a blend. Right. Well, so as you mentioned before, a single malt is the product of one distillery. Well, a blend is the product of multiple distilleries. And technically, for a blend to be officially called a blend, it has to be a mixture of a single malt and another type of grain. Now, blends have got a slightly rough name in the whiskey world because, well, all that cheap stuff you see in the bottle shop, bottom shelf, they're all blends. Yep. There's some pretty rubbish ones out there. What's some of the worst you've had? <laughs> oh, what is some of the worst that I've had? I just knocked off a bottle called Caddo's, which I bought yeah. entirely because it was the most Australian-sounding bottle in the that, world. That 69. 69. Is it yeah. 69 or is that just our euphemism minds yeah, going straight I think to 69? Yeah, it, it was that something. It was particularly rough. Um, what, the, probably the worst one I've had. I don't know. It's pretty bad, but black freaking Douglas. Black Douglas is awful. But there's some famous... But, but see, the, you, you've got bottom shelf, and then you've got super bottom shelf. Mm, yeah. Those, those ones that have kind of suspiciously, like... Uh, I mean, like the low... Invergordon green plaid. Well, no, Invergordon green plaid's a, another <laughs> kettle of fish. That one's all right. Yeah, no, yeah. no. But we can't talk about blends without mentioning Johnny Walker. Yeah, Johnny Walker. Now, if you know anything about whiskey, you are bound to have heard about Johnny Walker. Mm. It's the largest selling whiskey, well, Scottish whiskey, in the world. And the one that sells the most is their entry-level release, the Red Label. Ah, the Red Label. It's a blend of, oh, 30 distilleries. Yeah, and so this is this is one of the things about blends. So we were talking before about how they have a grain whiskey as the base. But then what they put on top of that grain whiskey is a combination of single malt whiskies. And um, Diageo, the owners, they have access to a portfolio of some of the, the best distilleries around. Well, some of the blends that we like are some of those alternative ones. They're a little bit different. Um, you can't go past some of the guys at Compass Box. Yeah, Compass Box They've makes done some, some really interesting things. And so this, this is what we're trying to talk about, where blend is not necessarily a dirty word. Because, yes... Some cheap blends are pretty awful, but 
then you can get other ones that are really interesting and they contain some really interesting whiskies in there. We got to try some Blue Hanger once upon a time. When we read some of the whiskies that were involved in it, like some obscure Speyside distilleries, all of which was at least 17, 18 years, years yeah, old. Then the, but there was also some uh, Bunnhaven, I think. Yeah, some too. eight-year-old Bunnhaven just mixed yeah. in. Just to make things really interesting. It's, just, it's crazy. So, yeah, I suppose one of the things with Blends is you'll get this whole different combination of distilleries that will come together to make this particular flavour. And so, I suppose, for the master distiller at a distillery making their single malt, they're trying to capture just that flavour of what that distillery is making. Whereas for a master blender, their job must be crazy because they've got to make a particular flavour using sometimes dozens, sometimes maybe even over a hundred different distilleries and get that get that same flavour every time. It must be a very fine art. Yeah, sounds like a fun job though. Mm. Bit of blending, see what you come up with. Yeah. So while, while your stuff like your Johnny Walkers might be pretty crap, if you go a bit further and sort of do a bit of work, you can actually come out with some really decent quality blends. And there's some nice ones too. And one of the ones that we've got to mention is, well, it's not a blend in the same sense that it has to have some single malt and some grain whiskey. Some of the ones that we really like are the ones that are just a mixture of single malts, which has got a vatted malt. Um, and one that's available for $50 in your bottle shop, that's right, I'm talking about you, is one that we quite like, this cute little label. It's called Monkey Shoulder, and we think it is particularly good for what it is. Ah, Monkey Shoulder. It is the most excellent one. And yeah, it's pretty uh, unassuming to look at, really, but it is actually a vatted blend. It is made entirely from single malt whiskies that have been combined together. So the Monkey Shoulder is made of a bit of Glenfiddich, a bit of Balvany, and a bit of Canenvy, which is three stellar distilleries. So no wonder the Monkey Shoulder is pretty good. Yeah, we actually have a bit of a history with Monkey Shoulder. It was the precursor to the night that our minds got absolutely blown drinking some Lagavulin like 16. But when we went into the bar, before we had Lagavulin like 16, we said, we'll have some of that one. It's got a cool-sounding name, Monkey Shoulder. And so we did. So that was the night we also discovered that blend is not a dirty word. Mm. There are some good ones out there, if you know where to look. The Whiskey! So we've been talking about blends. We better we better talk about an actual blend then, hadn't we? We better drink one. So this is one of mine, and it's a bit of an interesting one. So as we were saying before, blend is not a dirty word. Especially when it's 18 years old. Yeah, so this this is a blend from Dewar's, and it or is... Or Dewar's. Yeah, perhaps not Dewar's. It is called the Dewar's True Scotch, aged 18 years. The vintage blended Scotch whiskey. Basically, yeah, eighteen-year-old doers, doers, joers. I think I think if you're American, you'd say doers, but I think because we're Australian, we'd probably say doers, doers, yeah, doers, doers, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting one. So it's a blend made from whiskey that is at least eighteen years old. I can actually tell you what some of the distilleries in it are. It's actually got. Is a there th- is there some Cregelahi in there? Uh, possibly. Seeing as Dewar's, the home of Dewar's, is located at Craig Gallagher Distillery. I'm assuming that's a yes. I'm just trying to find the list. <laughs> You've lost it. I think it's on possibly on the bottle, actually. The bottle is there. Yeah. Let me put my glasses back on. All right. Ted so, looks all wise now. He's got his the, glasses on. The whiskies that have gone into making this are Aberfeldy, McDuff, Royal Brackler. Surely there's some Craig Gallagher in there. There is Craig Gallagher. Hey. And there is Altmore. 
Uh, I, love how, I love how they list them. You see, yeah. that's what blends should do. They say, these are the distilleries that have made this. They probably need sort of like an extra little book that just comes on the side, though, some of them. Cause they've got... No, I'm cool. I'm keen with that. But according to the label, this is blended from old and rare Highland, Speyside and Lowland single malts and grain whiskies, each of which is at least 18 years old. Yeah. And it's not a bad job, is it? It's one of the easier drinking whiskies you're ever going to come across. Yeah, it is. And I suppose that is a thing. It is quite easy drinking. In- what the what the blends do, and especially the good blends, as much as they're really good to drink, really smooth, really easy drinking, they do become a bit like homogenous. Yeah, they're sort of they're all in the middle. It, it it's almost a bit cold. Like it's like meeting someone who's really beautiful but has a really bland personality. <laughs> yeah, it's a trophy whiskey. Yeah, um, no, that's Johnny Walker Blue Label. Yeah, that is <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Walker Blue Label is well and away. Far more expensive than it should be for what mm-hmm. it is, and um, this this Jewish eighteen year old is is far cheaper than the than the blue label, and I would I would go for this. Mm. But yeah, it's not a bad drop. It's what got that on? sort of um, spacey nature to it. Yeah, it's it's light. It's got a bit of caramelliness to it. Yeah, it's quite it's still quite honeyed, still quite cliche, but vanilla-y. But it does go down very easily, mm. and that's the I guess that's the point to it. It's been blended to be. Innately drinkable. Mm. Still, at the end of the day, even though we've been trying to say that blend is not a dirty word, I would take a single malt over this. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. It doesn't make me jump up and down it with excitement. It doesn't make me run around the house screaming that I have discovered the next best thing since sliced bread. I think it just makes me go, that is a very nice whiskey. Mm. It's like, hmm, tasty. It's good. Hmm. Is it is it actually apathy in a bottle? No, that's the Johnny Walker Platinum label. Yeah, no, actually, yes, that is true. Johnny mm. Walker Platinum is. <laughs> yeah, we, we keep we keep going back and banging Johnny Walker, but it's true. Okay, okay, let's do this now. Johnny Walker Double Black is all right. Johnny Walker Double Black is yeah pretty good. We quite enjoy that one. If you're going to get one of them, get the Double Black. Got a bit of smoke. It's not too overpriced. That's if you're going to get any Johnny Walker, get that one. But the Jewers 18 year old is, I guess. It it does what the blender set out to do, create a easy drinking, light to moderate sort of whiskey with a quite a short finish, no alcohol burn, and just gentle flavours of of a bit of malt, that sort of cereal grainy flavour in there, and yeah, it's just easy drinking. Well, that's enough blends. Let's uh, let's do a single malt. That is a good idea. Th- look, this blend was very tasty, mm-hmm. but it's left me feeling a bit cold. Yeah, yeah. Well, time to warm up with another 18-year-old. Let's compare an 18-year-old blend with an 18-year-old single malt. And what better 18-year-old is there from the most famous distillery of all, Glenfiddich? Splishy splash. So we've got some Glenfiddich 18-year-old. We talked about... Talked about the 12-year-old, their attempt at pears, not, you know, multiple bottles, but their flavor profile. But I think the Glenfiddich, it improves upon the 12-year-old vastly. It's just, this this one goes down far, far more smoothly than the 12. And um, just coming to it straight from the Jewers, it's more lively on the palate. Maybe it's not as smooth. Maybe, maybe the Jewers is smoother than the Glenfiddich. And yet, this still goes down really, really easily. On the nose, I get... Look, I still get the pears, but it's like... Mm-hmm. Um, it's, well, it's, it's like it's they've pear, been... Pear lollies. Now, like, they've been, they've been stewed or something. Mm. There's almost a complexity to it, which... It's, it's, it's pears with a bit of boots. Hmm, boozy pears. Glenfiddich, 
are famous for their age statements. Please, please never change, Glenn Fiddick. We like a good age statement. So the 12-year-old, the 15, which we're also fans of, and the 18, and the 21 is really readily available. In actual fact, the 50-year-old is probably accessible if you find it. It's, you know, they, they, they do stock a few. Yeah, so do you have any uh, any thoughts about the other flavours that go with the Glenfiddich 18? There's obviously a bit of honey or caramel. Um, there is actually a slight meatiness underneath, though. A bit of maybe some bacon or something. Just very, very it's, lightly it's like there. A, it's not so much bacon, maybe like a prosciutto. Or yeah, a... I, was just, I was just trying to think of that, prosciutto. Because mm. um, we like obscure Italian cured meats as tasty <laughs> notes. Sounds far fancier. Yeah, on on the palate, it is delicate, like the Jewers was delicate, but there's just something more lively about it. The finish is longer. Mm, the finish question. is longer, and mid-palate, it also sparkles a bit more. Mm. Yeah, you're not wrong. There's... It's still it's still silky like the Jewers was, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's 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 like it's got a bit more life, a bit more. I'm not so much running around the house, but I'm, I'm certainly getting up from my chair. There is a good reason that Glenfiddich is the sort of the best known whiskey around the world. They do some certain things well. They do the basics well. They d- they do do the basics well, but then <laughs> you said do 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 do. Glenfiddich, eighteen year old, goes down nicely. It's time to play a game called. Sour Plums! Now, the reason this game is called Sour Plums is because we say when writing a whiskey review, if you can't think up a tasting note, say Sour Plums. Works every time. So, um, the way this game works is, one of us, in this case me, has read a review written by the other person, Ted. And I have jotted down his tasting notes for this whiskey. Now, I'm going to make him drink that whiskey. And give me some new tasting notes. And then laugh at him when he fails to spot a single one mentioned um, in that review. I don't know. It it might be a bit better than that. Let's see, Ted. Let's see how you go. Ted, are you ready for your own Sour Plums Challenge? I am indeed ready for my own Sour Plums Challenge. I'm going to challenge you on Not A Scottish Shop. It is from Japan. Japan? I know. You couldn't have possibly prepared for this one. Japan makes whiskey? It does, it does. We'll have to talk about Japan properly on a, on a different night. But um, I'm going to challenge you to name some of your tasting notes from Hakshu, Distiller's Edition. Distiller's Reserve, even, maybe? Is that what it's called? Distiller's Reserve. Um, it could be. It's got Distiller's in the name. I don't know. It's got Hakshu in the name. Ted has reviewed this at whiskeywaffle.com slash Hakushu. That's the spelling. It's a phonetic pronunciation. Hakshu Distiller's Reserve. And what do you think you said about this on the nose? Well, I'd like to start off by saying that I probably, hopefully, mentioned something about sour plums. Now, I came up with the phrase sour plums, <laughs> specifically in reference to Japanese whiskey. Good news, sour plums is mentioned in your review. Oh, good. What else do I get? Um, look, it's slightly herbal. Yep. It's, it's, it's fairly gently, gentle. Now, when you first pour out some hakushu... It's a bit more citrusy, a, a bit a bit more zingy, zesty. Zingy, zingy was exactly a word that you used. Zingy. Very good. Zingy. Zingy, zestant, zesty, vibrant. Um, you said bright and fresh, so I'll go with that, yeah. Good okay. Job. But the interesting thing is, after a little while sitting in the glass, it mellows out a bit. It, it becomes smoother and rounder. You did mention bit- that after a while in the glass, it does change, so I'll give you that. Yeah. It becomes a bit fruity. You might get... What sort of fruit? Well, mandarin. Was not mentioned at all in your review, but I'm not denying that. Okay. 
Perhaps not Mandarin then, but pear? Also not mentioned, but possibly true. Okay, let's let mention any other fruit possible. <laughs> apple? Uh, what's, what colour apple? Uh, green apples. Definitely green apples. Green. That was, the, that was your main tasting note. Green apples. Green. Hakshu. Green apples and ham? <laughs> Definitely green apples and ham. No, not ham, uh, but possibly lemongrass. Mm. Possibly mint. And you did say citrus fruits, but um, you didn't specify which citrus fruits in your okay. review. But you did say it was like a freshly pressed kimono. Ah, yes. I'm yes. disappointed you didn't smell the freshly pressed kimono. <laughs> ah, yes. The, the freshly pressed kimono. I'm, I'm afraid I didn't get that this time. But yeah, but what about the palate, though? Mm. The palate. The yeah. palate is like a very sharp samurai sword. God, Ted, you can't possibly get that from any other reason except the fact that you remember writing it. Yes, it's a samurai sword to the tongue. It is a samurai sword to the tongue. I do remember writing that. Okay. I, I, I will say that... I, I will just say that I did not look at the review before we did this. No cheating allowed on Whiskey Waffle. No cheating allowed, but I do remember the samurai side. What else did I say about it, though? That's yeah. that's the, that's that's the, the question. <laughs> um, There's not much. You didn't say too much. Does it have a bit of caramel to it? Well, it possibly does, but you didn't mention it in your review. <laughs> a bit of pepperiness? A bit of herbalness? Yeah, um... No, but, but sure, like absolutely. You mentioned mint on the previous one, but um, this was sharp, clean, and metallic, as you mentioned. With oh, metallic, yes. But it also sour stone fruit. Oh yeah, sour sour stone fruit. Now I imagine that it's like well, sour plum. Yep, but also lemon rind. Oh, lem- lemon rind was yeah, lemon. Yeah. Lemon isn't a stone fruit, Nicholas. No, it's so. not. But that's another thing that you mentioned. I okay. Uh, sour sour stone fruit, like. Maybe a bit of unripe peach or mm. basically any sort of stone fruit. Anything which... comparable to sour mm. plum. Yeah. He's already used sour plum in the nose, so he had to yeah. use something different. You say these things, and yet they're, they're, they are comparable. But anything on the finish? It's not On on the finish. Yeah, the, yeah. The finish is long and fruity, like a well-sherried uh, whiskey. Yeah. Except without the cherry part. No, you said it was lingering. No, no. You also not, said herbal on the fish. Sorry, I'm just trying to throw people off. This is not a sherry whiskey. It's not sherry, no. But, but you see, the thing is, when you did the tasting notes for this, you said there was no smoke whatsoever. And yet mm. when we tried it a few days later, what did you get? Smoke. We did. We tried it straight away after some bourbon. Look, that is probably the best thing to try this after because bourbon is very uh, inoffensive and won't do too much to the palate. And all so, of a sudden... Smoke. Where did yeah. this come from? Well, see, apparently the Hakshu is made from a combination of peated and unpeated whiskey. And, and we were like, peated? peated. What, what is this What peat? But then suddenly we got this peat coming off and it was quite a revelation. Yeah, so the Hakshu is a peated malt and yet we didn't get it at the time. But it just depends on what you've had previously. And I think there's a whole other discussion to be had about that. But we'll have to save that for another day. Nice work with your sour plums. Thank you. I admire your plums, Ted. I admire your plums. My plums are very large and fruity. Smash Session or Saver! We're going to play Smash Session and Saver. Choosing between three whiskies. One that you'd smash down, one that you would session and enjoy all night. And finally, one that you would savour and really enjoy every sip. I've got three whiskies for Ted, and here they come. Okay, which would you smash, session, and savour out of Johnny Walker Red Label? 
Glenlivet Founders Reserve and the Black Douglas, whatever they've marketed as. Right, so Nick's throwing me a very dirty little uh, ground grubber. Sorry. These these are all whiskies that we are not huge fans of. No I think that I think they would all go in the one-star category. Offense. offense. What's yeah. that? I said no offense. I take it back. Offense. Yeah, no, this this is pretty offensive to my palate. Right, so let's let's just have those again, please. Uh, the Johnny Walker Red Label, the Glenlivet Founders Reserve, and the Black Douglas. The Black Douglas one. Look, I'm going to smash down the Black Douglas. I don't really care for it <laughs> either way. But then that leaves me with some <laughs> a hard choice. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Look, I'm I'm going to session the Johnny Walker Red. It's yeah. It's definitely not the world's best whiskey, whatever Johnny Walker might like you to think. It is certainly one of the world's high-selling whiskies. Oh yeah, no doubt. And it's probably fantastic with Coke. Hmm. But I don't generally drink it like that. In fact, I don't drink it at all, particularly. But I did actually have a sneaky sip of some today, and it was doable. So <laughs> I think I could probably, if I had to, session it for an evening, take a hit for the team. And then that leaves me to... Inverted commas, savour. Yeah, to savour the Glenlivet Founders Reserve. Now, the Founders Reserve has a pretty black spot with us. So we are big fans of the Glenlivet 12. It's great. It's a, it's a great quaffer. Well, it was. It was, and that's the point. Glenlivet replaced it with the Founders Reserve, which is... Well, see, the thing is, it's not necessarily bad whiskey. It's just bland. Just don't charge as much for the Founders Reserve as they did for the as the 12. Yeah. It, but it, they do, and that's not fair. It doesn't live up to the 12, and it's pretty rubbish. But I think I could probably savour it for a night and think about all the reasons that I don't <laughs> actually like it. I, I agree with you, Ted. I, I've got to go the exact same way. As much as I, I, I'm not a fan of the Red Label, it could be a session, whereas the Black Douglas I find really, really offensive. I think it's absolutely awful. Um, the Red Label I could I could, could session. And, and the Founders Reserve I could savour and think about the good old days for the 12. Nick. Yes. Okay. My whiskies for you are... The Glen Murray Port Cask, the Long Row Cab Sav, or the New Zealand Doublewood 12-year-old. That is such a random bunch. The common thread between these three whiskies is that they all have some sort of wine casking. And I know that port isn't sort of wine, but it sort of is. And Nick has also found some interesting things in that. Mm. But the New Zealand Doublewood has finished in uh, New Zealand wine casks, and the Cab Sav... Uh, Long Row Cab Sav is obviously finished in Cab Sav casks. Ted knows my feelings about the Glen Murray port cask. I love Glen Murray. I don't love the port cask. The New Zealand Doublewood is is one I struggle with as well. But then we've got a Long Row Cabernet, which, well, I love Long Row. Wine casking is, is up and down with me. Wine casking is up and down. So let's just say all of these are up and down. All of them are up and down. But I think the Glen Murray is being smashed. Just get that one over with it as quick as possible. Which brings me to the sessioning whiskey. God. The sessioning whiskey is going to be the New Zealand Doublewood, which is interesting, but I think that that struggle with my with my wine casting might be overcome um, after maybe six drams, maybe seven, at least eight. Um, but I think that Long Row has something to offer. Even if the Cabernet is making me taste soap on the finish every single time, they have peat. And I'm going to enjoy that every sip of the way.
Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to us this evening. It has been a pleasure talking to you, as usual. Please uh, follow us on our website, www.whiskeywaffle.com. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And, you know, if you're on iTunes, feel free to leave us some nice, glowing reviews, because apparently that helps. Also, keep an eye out for us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Or in person if you live in Burnie. Keep on waffling. Keep on waffling. My name is Ted. My name is Nick. Sorry, I had a mouthful of whiskey. My name is Nick. Good night. Good night. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. I admire your plums, Ted. I admire your plums.